Welcome back to the Plant Wisdom Podcast. I'm Emily Smith, and in this episode, it's a quick one. I chat with Chef Lauren D'Agostino. You probably remember her from the first episode ever where we talked about how she uses essential oils in her cooking. And in this conversation, we're going to focus on how she healed her relationship with alcohol. So Lauren took a break from drinking for five years and she came back to it in a whole new way. So I'm excited for you to hear this conversation, especially around the holidays, which are synonymous with celebrating and having alcohol. Um, This is a good episode to really question that for yourself and get curious of what it looks like and how your life can change when you stop drinking. First question is what made you want to um, stop drinking or like get to start thinking about that? Yeah. So I like most college students and then service industry, food service professionals, right? Like drinking was, was a thing. It was part of the culture. Um, it was how you made new friends. It, it took the edge off in, in those social situations, which I was already pretty uncomfortable in as someone who was generally pretty shy, kind of like the observer type in, in groups. Right. And so, so through the college experience and then even after college, like I just, and I remember thinking about this several weekends throughout college. And I, I might've even said it to my roommates at the time. I was like, do you ever really think about like how much we're poisoning our bodies when we drink all weekend long? I was like, that's kind of random. And like, maybe not like it was a Saturday night or something like, why would I bring that up? But I was like, this is like kind of bothering me, but I didn't really take it too seriously. And, you know, fast forward several years. Um, and I was working in, uh, in a restaurant job, which is notoriously like where a lot of drinking happens and, and all of that. Right. And so, um, there were several occasions where I would get sick, throw up in my sleep, which, um, I actually have a friend whose husband died that way. Right. So it can end really, really terribly. Um, so I, the last time that I did that was like, you know, really bad. Like my my family was super disappointed in me. It was like a whole thing. I'm like, okay, like this is not who I am. Um, I'm so grateful to be alive, to have lived through, through this many yeah. of these uh, occurrences. So um, I really felt like I had to kind of clean that up. And, and so part of that was the realization, which I had made several years before, right? Is that like, I'm making all these positive changes with my diet, with movement, with how I'm caring for my body, mind, and soul. And then I'm undoing it all in the matter of a couple of hours, tossing back a bunch of drinks, trying to impress or win over people that like maybe are not even really that great of friends to begin with. Like, what is that? Right? And so many people, we just do that because we think that that's the thing we're supposed to do. So I decided in 2015, I think it was June of 2015 or 2014, 2014, I'm sorry that I needed a break completely quit cold turkey right then and there. And I was still Mm -hmm. working for a restaurant. I would go and I would work my shift and I would come home. So I was working weekends and nights, like leaving that kind of lifestyle behind wasn't necessarily difficult. What was difficult though, was stepping into my authenticity and learning how to be in a social environment and not be leaning on that thing. Having that conversation with someone, if they say, oh, you don't drink like why not? Or what do you do for fun if you don't drink or just, right. Just kind of like getting over that hump. Um, but yeah, it was, it was partially for, for the health. Um, and what I realized I was doing to it by drinking so much. And then, um, 
just wanting to step into who I was and really like own that radiance from the inside out and then decide how I want to show up in the world to, to drink or not. That is so powerful. And I feel like I have a similar experience and like, that's why I wanted to stop drinking too, was in social situations, like having like social anxiety and it was just so easy to do that. And in college too, I was thinking today, like before we're going to talk, I'm like, okay, in college we were acting like alcoholics, like all of us, like it wasn't just me. I was like surrounded by everyone. Like it's acceptable and in and it's like a big funny joke. I'm like, this is bad behavior. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It literally was. I'm like, wow. So it didn't seem like it was wrong because it was like everyone's doing it. It would be weirder to not do it. Yeah. Um, but like you, like I also quit cold turkey and um and like that was the hardest part too, was then being okay in social situations. Um, and this is kind of like my next question. I was like, did you ever think that you were addicted or was it more of like a crutch or like because of other people around you? Yeah. Um, I'd say it was more of a crutch, like definitely social anxiety. That's Mm -hmm. totally what I felt. I definitely had from like, definitely from some childhood trauma, you could say, or wounding that fear of missing out or of not being included. Um, that was a huge trigger and contributor to that. Um, but no, I, I could function without it. Like I, I wasn't addicted to it necessarily in that way, but, um, I don't know, but at the same time, if you, I don't know, then it kind of goes back to the question of like, what really is an addiction? Like there is obviously there was something there for me that I couldn't until I did finally let go of it. Like there, there was some kind of some kind of behavior that there, there, that was, um, yeah, that was addictive in some capacity, mm-hmm. but not, you know, and I, and I had gone actually, um, a couple times to an Alcoholics Anonymous meeting. I'm like, yeah. okay, this isn't really the type of person I feel like I'm dealing with as Lauren, like, okay, like I'm, yeah. I'm not, which like, you know, I recognize that there are some folks who are like that and who benefit greatly from those programs, but I just sort of had to like, kind of to, to answer your question really of like, what kind of, um, person in, to use the term very loosely, what kind of person in recovery am I like, where might I, right. Cause we're always seeking for that place to belong mm-hmm. even in that. And in, in choosing sobriety, there still was some kind of until I ultimately realized that the sense of belonging I was seeking was within myself the whole time. You still kind of sort of want to see how other people are doing it or sort of see like, you know, what, what's out there for resources. So um, yeah, yeah, it wasn't ever, ever anything super serious. I wouldn't say. Yeah. Same here. Like I went through that thought process, like, okay, maybe I am. Um, Addiction runs my family. Like that's what my dad had. And um, but I also went to AA meetings and I was like, I tried to go so many times. Like, I was like, I think I should be doing this, but you know, every time I go and I go to different types of groups and I was just like, this is not for me. Like, like what you were saying, um, I think it had to do more with like emotional healing and I don't know about you, but most likely like spiritual connection and like feeling comfortable in yourself. Yeah. Um, did it like change any of your relationships or things in your life lifestyle? Um, 
yeah, I mean, it was, it was interesting with the friend group that I had at the time, like kind of bringing that to their attention. I remember shortly after um, I had made the decision to try sobriety on for size. And by the way, at the time, like I had no idea there was no like timeline attached to it. There was no, I mean, I thought I didn't think that it would be for forever, but if it was going to be for forever, like that would have been okay. I was just sort of trying it on for size in much the same way that myself and clients I work with that they try on plant-based for size. Like you don't have to know if this is a commitment for the rest of your life. You just have to know in the moment, this is what's serving you and take it literally, as they say, in some of those programs we were just talking about, take it one day at a time and see how you feel and see how you start to grow and that sort of thing. So, um, now I forgot what your question was. (laughs) Same here, but you know, that, that's so true. It's like taking it day by day and not feeling like it's never like, I think it's really hard for people like they either see black and white, like you can't drink or you can. And I also tried like at certain points in my life, like stopping for one month or like limiting my drinks. Like I was like always kind of looking into ways to experiment different things like that. But what made you think at one point, like, okay, I feel comfortable enough to drink again. Um, Like, was there something specific that happened? Yeah. So I, when I realized I needed to quit and kind of as, as I was like feeling out that first couple of months, um, I remember thinking to myself like, okay, I'm trying this on for size for right now, but if alcohol in any form is ever meant to come back into my life, I have a feeling it's going to be really good wine paired with really good food and I'll be enjoying it in beautiful settings with great people. Like it's just going to feel different. And sure enough, that's what's manifested now, right? I mean, we had wine at the party that the dinner party you came to, it wasn't like a huge alcoholic party. Like it just complimented the experience and it was enjoyed in, in moderation and responsibly and all of that. Right. So, um, so that's, that's kind of how I, how I had thought about it, but in, you know, as the years passed, I was living in Florida too. Um, I, so I moved to Florida, a completely new place where nobody knew me. I did, I didn't depend on any of that. I was working in the hospitality industry. I was working at restaurants. Like, believe me, there was plenty of stuff around plenty of temptation, but I was really enjoying getting to know myself. And I really loved being sober. I really loved how it felt. Yeah. Um, I still love how it feels right yeah. to not, to not depend on it. I do love now though, the clean wine, that's part of my business. And I love that it doesn't make yeah. me feel crappy the way that I didn't realize mass produced wine makes you feel like such crap, right? Like, yes. um, so as I was kind of flirting with the idea of, of maybe bringing alcohol or really just specifically wine back into my life. I was like, oh, this wine, like wine is gross. Why did I ever drink this? I was like, yuck. Like it makes me feel like it doesn't even taste good. But then a couple months after that, I learned of this cleaner alternative, which now is all I'll drink personally. It's all I'll serve and share with others. So, um, so it was interesting, I guess, kind of having that length of time where I didn't have any, then coming back to it, having that experience of like shock almost, and then learning about all the hidden toxins and things that are found in, in lots of beverages and spirits and, and just things that we consume unknowingly. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of a cool tie-in back to, to sort of the toxin-free sustainable. Yes. 
thing that I'm, you know, that I'm doing. So, yeah, like that question you asked your roommate, like, why are we filling ourselves with toxins? Like now you had enough time away from it to find like how to do it the right way and how to drink things that aren't filling your body with toxins. And, and you don't have that underlying anxiety or, you know, feeling not comfortable with yourself that you would be depending on alcohol anymore. I think that time probably showed you that. Yeah, it did for sure. And, you know, I don't, I'm not drinking any hard liquor. I don't Mm -hmm. do beer. Um, There's just no point in those for me. Um, But I do enjoy a good glass of wine. And now I know so many more things about wine and, you know, support carefully those businesses or those farmers and kind of on the other side of the industry of like people who are doing some cool things to protect the planet and providing for their families in the process and, you know, producing a beautiful product that I feel good about consuming. So it really, it's funny the way that it all kind of came full circle. Um, And actually when I was leaving my career in retail, before I got into pastry, I thought about all sorts of other hospitality careers that I might like to explore. And sommelier was one of them or being a wine. And so now it's like, I'm not a certified som, but I'm a wine consultant. So it's so funny how it came back around in a way that serves me better, I think. Um, Oh yeah. I really love to do so. That is so cool. And it fits in perfectly, you know, with your business and the food and the pairing. And like, if I were to drink wine would be the only thing too, for me, it's just different. I feel it's like an experience and totally you have like the tasting and the pairing of it. It's like, not like other alcohol. Yeah. Um, so I think that's really cool though, that you don't have to go into stopping drinking and being like, this is it. Like I'm not doing it ever, which I think people think if they're aware it's an issue, they might think, okay, I'm never healing from that. But it's so inspiring to hear from you that you're like healed from whatever was underlying reason of using it un- in unhealthy ways. And just getting out of the college environment, I feel too, is just in high school also for me, um, a way of, you know, learning how to drink responsibly in a way that works for you. So that's inspiring for me. I've been sober and sometimes I don't even call it sober. I'm like, I just don't drink. Cause like you're saying, like, I don't see myself as someone who is addicted or something like that. So yeah. I've been since 2016, so almost like five years now too. And it's definitely come across my mind sometimes where I'm like, maybe I will one day, you know, like I leave it open in my mind like that too. And then one day, if it does, or if it doesn't, like I'll listen to my intuition, but it's not about like restricting ourselves um, just because we feel like we have to, which I think is really similar to plant-based diet too. Like I went through that stage where I was like, really strict about things and I wasn't happy. And then I had to like reintroduce some things like fish, um, which I have like on occasion just to feel like balanced again. And I think I kind of did the same thing with alcohol. Like at one point it was like, I'm just not doing that. Cause it's, it's just not healthy, but you know, there's ways of doing it like in a healthy way and everyone's different. So I love hearing your story of how you do that. Yeah. Like that's so yeah. cool. It's so funny, even as, so as we've been talking and as I'm hearing some of the things you're saying now, um, the, the difference really was in drinking before 
I would drink in the company of people who I didn't really know because I wanted yeah. them to like me. Yes. Right. Or yeah. Just same here. Comment or like, right. Bond and see how the night unfolds. Right. Yeah. But when I came back to it, I would only drink slowly and responsibly and cautiously with people who I felt extremely comfortable with and close to. Yeah. That that's it. a really important distinction. Yeah. So yeah. It, it felt like such a special intimate thing with this person. I mean, for, for a while it was with my boyfriend at the time that just, mm-hmm. you know, we would only have a glass or two, we'd be home and just like together and whatever. And then it, then it started to be, you know, maybe if I was out at a restaurant or something or out like a gorgeous day and hanging out outside with people and it's like, Oh yeah, a glass of white wine would be really nice for right now. But it never was yeah. always like, you know, showing up somewhere like I need a drink right now, right? Yeah. <laughs> how it used to be. So it's yes. it's shifted and it's been cool. But I would, yeah, I would encourage anyone who's thinking about either entering sobriety or coming out of sobriety um, to really go slow and take it at your own pace, kind of like hold, hold on to any piece of yourself. And hopefully it's the near full picture of like, what did you learn or what are you hoping to learn? Mm-hmm. Um, that's been hugely helpful for me. And the same applies as we've been mentioning with your diet and, and lifestyle and yeah. at least you're not right. Um, yeah, I highly recommend it though, for folks, I, I was 25 from 25 to 30, 30 ish. Um, yeah. when I was sober, which is like, those are some good, good years that, you know, some people say, Oh my God, like, wow, that's, that's crazy. That, those are my prime partying years. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I still had plenty of fun. I went to Las Vegas a couple of times, completely yeah. sober, went to an awesome music festival, like completely. Yeah. It feels really empowering and really cool to know that you can have fun being totally just yourself. Like there's nothing more liberating. Yes. And realize that you, realizing that you don't need something to make you into the version of yourself that you want to be, or that you feel like you need to be with yeah. that thing. Um, yeah. That's everything. That's literally it. Like, that's so true. And I think, you know, for myself, I used to always go to music festivals and clubbing and everything like that. And I felt like I needed to drink, but you know, then I stopped and then you can go to these things and still have fun, if not more fun. More fun. Yeah, <laughs> totally. <laughs> Like so much more fun, not hungover, remembering things, not doing dumb things. So like, it's not like you stop having fun during that. And like, I also feel during your spiritual opening or waking, at least for me, that's when I was going through, like, you don't want other substances, like getting in the way of that. Like you're finding your way and it sounds like you found, you know, your path and then you were comfortable again and you knew how to go about it. Mm-hmm. So I think that's important also. Yeah. 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 That's really cool. And now, yeah, you can drink responsibly and you share, um, it's Scout and Cellar, right? That's the yep. company. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like that's the part, like I've had so much fun with, you know, mocktails that I have, or, you know, just non-alcoholic versions of drinks that are healthy, like with adaptogens, things like that. Um, So it's like, you have all these options now, whereas before, I think even a few years ago, there wasn't that like now more and more people are experimenting with that. And 
it sounds like for you too, like you're doing it now with people you know. And for me, that was a big thing. And I like that you moved to Florida and didn't drink because I've moved to places like I moved to New York City and London and to combat those feelings of like, oh my God, I'm so uncomfortable meeting new people, putting myself out there. Like I was drinking so much. So I think that's really cool. That probably was like a huge transformation for moving somewhere and like coming into your own without that. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And not, you know, not to say that you can't make or form genuine friendships when, when a lot of your activity or relationship involves drinking. But I just kind of found like, especially through college and kind of after college, like the person or the version of myself that someone would be getting to know, or like that, that wasn't me or like, we're like, okay, yeah, let's hang out. Like but first we have to drink all of this alcohol and then we can go hang out and be fun. I'm like, like what, why do I want to be showing up in friendship or in relationship or something like that? Like that doesn't make any sense. It's so exhausting. So true. It's not you. And it's like, it, it leads to, you know, un, like clear expectations of yeah. friends with. Exactly. Un, yeah. And unstable, unstable friendships and, and relationships totally. If they're not built on some kind of like shared interest or like, mm-hmm. you know, connection, even just on a friendship level. Um, yeah. Yeah. So when you just can, when you can remove that from the situation or when it can be there, but in a bit more of a conscious way, mm-hmm. um, it feels a lot better. I will say the quality of my friendships has shifted hugely. Yeah. Yeah. Same yeah. here. Like, especially with people that I knew in college, unless we had some other connection or like we were in an organization or something like that even then if it was all centered around drinking like when I stopped like those weren't the same yeah connections anymore relationships so I think that it really does help you build genuine relationships if you know what you're doing you know when you're consuming yeah yeah, yeah. that's so inspiring I'm I'm yeah. loving that and now you're really healthy and, you know, doing it in a non-toxic way. And I feel like that too, for me, I was always really healthy, but the only thing that I was doing that wasn't healthy was drinking. So it was like, why am I doing this? Like yeah. not improving my life. It's just making it worse. So, but there is a way to consume mindfully. So yeah. I'm really glad you share that. And, and now those options too, of this company. Yeah. Um, and seller that you work with that people can check out that have really clean wines and learned all about that at your dinner too which is amazing like why what was it the red um, wine leaves stained like that's just all chemicals right oh yeah yeah all just all the additives and things that, yeah. that they put in wine I mean most most notably and shockingly is glyphosate which is the main ingredient in Roundup is found in all mass-produced wines um, and oh people my. have no idea. There's at, tons of added sugar. There's tons of pesticides and preservatives and food colorings and like all sorts of really wacky things that disrupt so much more in our bodies than we even are aware of because it's yeah. not on the label, right? I mean, talk about like your hormones, talk about just like raising your toxicity, which then leads to yes. like so many other problems, right? And And so now luckily there is a solution. There are people who are committed to producing wine the old-fashioned way as nature intended and what a gift that we can enjoy that as a conscious consumer um, and someone who's focused more on on clean living and removing toxins everywhere they can yes and it just I love that. better right 
Exactly. Okay. Yeah. That's so important. Yeah. yeah. You're now you're drinking to taste it and experience it and not numb. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. That's awesome. Well, people can check out your website, Lauren D'Agostino, and learn more about the wines. And um, hopefully this inspires um, my listener to take a pause on drinking or intuitively feel, you know, that they want to start drinking if they haven't. Um, and just being conscious of how that affects you and um, your relationships. 